Welcome to the Danish National Biobank podcast. We've been gone for quite a while due to the coronavirus pandemic. We return now, however, to give you this special series. With speaks from our co-hosted symposium, Scaling Omics Approaches to Population Size. This is Anders Kverneland. On the topic, clinical potential of adoptive cell therapy with tumor-infiltrating lymphocyte therapy in combination with checkpoint inhibitors in non-melanoma patients. Yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Anas Kvannenat, and uh, I'm a medical doctor and a PhD student at the Center of Cancer Immune Therapy. Uh, national center uh, since last year and I am um, here to tell you about my uh, PhD project which is a cl- clinical trial uh, it's the omics um, clinical trial within uh, cancer immune therapy uh, more specifically uh, adaptive cell therapy which is something we do here in Copenhagen which is quite unique um, I don't know can I have the the clicker thing, so where we use cells uh, as a living therapy, uh, very personalized. Uh, it's not <laughs> very omics, but uh, not yet at least. But um, but yeah, that's the, the project. Uh, first, because we are a very diverse group, I just want to say <laughs> that immune therapy is uh, new. Uh, some people think at least, and it's based on this very simple. Uh, fact that uh, the immune system can recognize and it can eliminate uh, cancer cells. It fails to do so, uh, which is why we have uh, cancer, but um, um, these, uh, some of the, the, one of the reasons that it's failing is because uh, the immune system has uh, regulatory pathways, which we call checkpoints, that, um, that negatively inhibit, uh, that inhibit this uh, recognition and elimination. And actually, uh, the discovery of these pathways and that we can inhibit them with medicine has caused uh, a revolution uh, in uh, in cancer therapy. And this very short presentation, so I just put it all here, and you can see, I don't know if the point is working, but since 2011, uh, where the first uh, checkpoint inhibitor came uh, on the market, um, it's been a constant um, development very fast for the drug uh, and cancer, uh, very fast, very rapid uh, in all types of cancer and it's uh, gaining more and more ground. And uh, it's also uh, unleashed a Nobel Prize in 2018 to these two guys who actually discovered the exact two mechanisms that I showed you here, CTLA-4 and PD-1, as uh, cancer inhibitory pathways. Uh, but that's not what we are talking about. We're talking about cell therapy, which is actually older than all of this. Uh, it was discovered more or less in the same way that I have done it 30 years ago uh, in uh, NCI, and uh, it's been done uh, regularly, phase one, phase two trials ever since. But um, until 2011, immune therapy was not really regarded uh, as a way to go for cancer, uh, which has, of course, dramatically changed. 
uh, which is also why my project uh, is even possible because immune therapy is very interesting now uh, and of course there's also new combination uh, options so but what we do or what he did for 30 years uh, what we've been doing for 30 years is actually uh, this take out a tumor uh, in this tumor there will be T cells uh, we can grow those in our lab and we can give those T cells personalized T cells back to the patient um, and that's cellular adaptive cell therapy. Um, what's also important is that that's of course the, the core therapy, but uh, we know from many trials that we have to condition the patients, which means that they will get chemotherapy before getting the cells. And we also know that it's uh, a good idea, at least to give IL-2 cytokine stimulation after we infuse the, uh, the cells to uh, help them uh, live, uh, persist in the, in the patient. A uh, major limitation is this, uh, this uh, long span that it takes from resection to therapy, which of course, especially in experimental setting, uh, is a very long time for uh, advanced cancer, uh, which are usually the ones getting uh, experimental therapy. So. More specifically, I just want to show you, this is a histology section where you can see the black dots, that's uh, lymphocytes. We call them TILs at our center because we work a lot with them, but it's actually just tumor infiltrating lymphocytes. Lymphocytes are T cells. And this, uh, uh, this, uh, this type of therapy, and uh, if we put a tumor, uh, we take out a tumor, and we put it in a uh, media, you can see the tumor is this black dot. And we put a lot of IL-2 in this media, and you can see that the T-cells, IL-2's uh, uh, growth factor for T-cells, they flow out into the media and proliferate. And um, if we keep, keep on doing that uh, a long time, then we will end up with a cell product, as you can see there on the left, with around 50 to 100 billion cells that we can infuse into the patient, uh, all stemming from the tumor, which, of course, is the... We call them tumor-specific, we don't know, but that's the hypothesis that they're from tumor, they will recognize tumor cells. Um, and this has a very, uh, I think, convincing uh, evidence of this in melanoma. 50% uh, of patients respond, which means that the tumor uh, gets smaller, uh, and uh, around 10 to 20% are cured, uh, or at least they have a complete response, no signs of disease for seven, eight, nine years um, after. So that's quite amazing. Um, and of course, the big question is why don't we do this uh, in all cancers? Uh, and the, uh, the answer is uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, and, um, and it's also based on the fact that all these studies show that in almost all cancers we have these tumor infiltrating lymphocytes, they recognize cancer in vitro, and they can also be expanded, like I showed you in melanoma. Um, and um, and yeah, so so yeah, it's, it's uh, an open door that we should at least try. So that's my study. Um, that we took this therapy and we converted it to a basket trial, which means that we uh, included all types of diagnosis, 
uh, and we include patient based on the feasibility, which meant that we, we had to have a patient where we could safely remove a metastasis, uh, and, um, but we still need some disease in the patient so we can see if our therapy works in this so sort of feasibility uh, inclusion. And also a safety exclusion where, for instance, brain metastasis is bad because of the chemotherapy, which would uh, give a, uh, a large risk of bleeding uh, in the metastasis. So, um, and of course, there should not be able, there should not be any more standard therapy available to these patients because this is very experimental. So we also uh, combined it, as you can see with the orange. Uh, uh, marks here, we combine it with checkpoint inhibitors, uh, checkpoint inhibition, uh, in a way where we uh, try to uh, do it as <laughs> as uh, theoretically the best, the best way possible, and that is uh, that we use ipilimumab before taking out the tumor, and nivolumab when infusing the cells. And uh, I, I can't go into it now, but that's sort of how the drugs work, uh, that we hope that it will optimize the therapy. Um, and of course, uh, while we're doing this, we're also gathering a lot of material, uh, which I'm looking at now, to, uh, to learn more about this therapy. Um, so, but we're actually already finished. Uh, I'm uh, handing in my uh, thesis next month. Uh, and um, this is the patients that we have uh, treated. And you can see a lot of melanomas. Um, when you have a trial and you know it works in melanoma and we're a melanoma center, then uh, we're gonna recruit some melanomas. Um, but we also had a lot of different untested uh, cancer types, as you can see. Uh, coming for all these patients, they're very advanced. They had uh, their late stage disease. Um, and uh, of course, they need at least two metastases. So so they have, um, they have a lot of disease. Uh, so so uh, we actually recruited more patients. Uh, as you can see, we recruited 31. But uh, even though we try to find patients that we expect to, to, uh, to hold out for the therapy, uh, it's not possible always to know how fast uh, cancer disease will uh, develop. Um, so, uh, but we saw uh, that we could do this. We saw that uh, we could grow cells, we could grow uh, T cells in almost all patients. Uh, we could also get them uh, committed for therapy and we could also uh, give all this plant therapy um, into the patients and still manage uh, all the toxicity that which is expected because it's a very uh, comprehensive therapy. So we know it takes a lot of, uh, it takes uh, it has a lot of toxicity, uh, and um, but it has that in melanoma as well, and it's a one-time therapy. So, so there's sort of these pros and cons of this, uh, and of course we saw, uh, which is new, a lot more immune-related uh, uh, side effects, uh, but also expected because we give uh, checkpoint inhibitors. So, regarding clinical efficacy, we saw some responses. Uh, you have to remember that it's very sick. People, they are not. Uh, they, some of them have already had immune therapy as an experimental therapy, um, and progressed, and they come to us, and we try uh, to do this, and um, and we saw some patients responding. Uh, we did not cure any patients, uh, and um, and of course there were many patients who did not respond. 
uh, I brought you a picture of this uh, 57-year-old man of wrinkle cancer in the front. It's preventing dudes. Uh, he had received uh, lots of chemotherapy and also PD-1 experimental wise. And uh, as you can see, two months after therapy, his lung tests, uh, tried to make some arrows, uh, got a lot smaller uh, from this therapy. And yeah, as I will discuss, yeah, this is this is at least for us some sign that it could work. This therapy. Uh, very briefly, um, the translational research to try to work a little more with the, the patients. I, I divide them not only in the respond group, but also in a stable disease within uh, what I find a reasonable amount of time, uh, which is uh, four and a half months. These are patients that are progressing actively when they come to us. Uh, and um, so I divide the patients into these groups and I could see that this, uh, these types of T cells appear more prevalent in, the, in these patients that are actually having some kind of benefit from the therapy. So, of course, this is a, a complex therapy. It's very personalized. Um, it's very uh, comprehensive, so it's not easy to uh, perform. Not many centers can do it. Uh, it has very significant toxicity, but uh, it's a uh, I think this study showed that it's a platform that could be uh, applied to not only melanoma, but many cancer forms. Uh, so um, we see some signal of response. It's not, I would say, not convincing. It's not enough. Uh, and of course, we don't know, because we give so many drugs simultaneously, we don't know exactly what's what, <laughs> not regarding the toxicity, but also not regarding the response. So uh, that's some of the translational work is also to support that the cells are actually doing uh, what we think they're doing. Um, and uh, of course, we are constantly uh, improving also from the translational research. And I think patient selection uh, should be probably changed a little bit. Uh, but, um, but also, we can do a lot more with the expansion, uh, do it a lot better. Um, and of course, we can uh, combine with new uh, checkpoints or more specific uh, that are more specific maybe to the way these T cells work. So that's uh, like where we are working right now in our center. So I just want to show you this. Uh, it's not only melanoma. Uh, two years ago, they published this from NCI uh, that they actually achieved with this kind of therapy uh, and a durable, complete response in uh, breast cancer. So I think that's evidence. Proof of concept, this could be a way to go. Yep, thank you.